Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hi, it's Jackie Cation And you are listening to The Dork Forest The website's JackieCation.com DorkForest.com TheDorkForest.com if you like a determiner Let's do the credits. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio and video. Vilmos works on JackieCation.com. And Mike Rickberg uh, sang the song with his wife, Sarah. He composed it, and he will sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of this show. Thank you so much for listening to The Dorks Forest. Here's a scoop. I'm doing stand-up online. A lot of Zoom shows will eventually go back on the road. Sign up for my email list. It's easy to get off. It's harder to get on than it is to get off. And no harm, no foul. If ever bored, JackieCasia.com, sign up for the email list. You'll find out about my weekly Zoom shows and stand up on the road eventually. You may donate to the show if you would like. I would like. Sure, I would. There's PayPal, Jackie at JackieCasia.com, and there is a PayPal button on both ZorkForest.com and JackieCasia.com, and there's Venmo, if you like Venmo, Jackie-Cation, oddly enough. If you have listened to all of the shows, go to dorkforest.bandcamp.com, I think. The Dork Forest has a Bandcamp page. You can listen to a, but a lot of ones that are free from pre 2000 nine when I started pre-recording and uh, then there's uh, live episodes that cost me a couple of bucks so I charge you a couple of bucks there's also some stand-up there's a story uh, album that's very exciting there and um, other than that I have a lot of merch in my garage feel free to order if you know anybody who doesn't have any CDs or the DVD and uh, you can follow me everywhere at Jackie Cation let's get into the show Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room, and uh, we're going to do a dork forest, you guys. I did this guy's podcast. I did his show, and now he's coming on to dork out. He's going to do the dork forest, and yeah. he's the show that I did of his, it's called The What's Update, and that's where the Twitter and Instagram thing is. It's at The What's Update. Those are all words that we can all spell. You can figure it out, people. I believe in all of you. And Xander, uh, please welcome to the show, Xander Quation. Hello, everybody. You feel welcome? Here. It's happening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Considering I've already interviewed you, this is kind of a switch around. Right. Let me lower the stakes. Uh, there's uh. absolutely nothing to <laughs> There's. It's just going to be a mellow kind of gathering. Of, uh. And you're talking and you're going to dork out about something, which I want to hear about, which is yeah, always that's fun. Why I got my nerd glasses on. <laughs> you got your nerd glasses going. I got mine. Yeah. Uh, 2000, era 2000 PS2 games. Yeah, uh, basically, uh, my childhood in video games was based around, like, three specific franchises, which were uh, Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter, and Sly Cooper. Okay. And those are I kind know of the, the first two. I don't even, I've never even heard of Sly Cooper. But they're Ooh. all kind of platformy, aren't they? Or uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, some of the classic platformers. Can you start, can you tell me what Sly Cooper was first? Uh, yeah, Sly Cooper was a uh, stealth uh, platformer type game that came out, I think it was 2003? Yeah? Uh, no, 2002. And basically, you play as a thief, a raccoon. And you... You are a rogue. Oh, yes. oh, you're a raccoon. Oh, that's raccoon. adorable. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, like uh, the animal mascot. Yeah. Uh, and so... Like in the first game, uh, your goal is to uh, steal back a book called *The Thievius Raccoonus*, which contains all <laughs> the information of the family line of the Cooper clan. Basically, okay. their entire family of thieves. Okay, and all the all the sort of the tricks of generations of 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 Coopers, of yes. of, of raccoon Coopers. And uh, Sly Cooper was initially supposed to inherit the book. But his father was killed by five intruders the, called the Fiendish Five. The Fiendish Five came and took the book? Yep, and killed his father. So now no. with, the, with the help of his friends uh, Bentley and Murray, he goes out to retrieve the Thievius Raccoonus. Now, are his friends also raccoons or is it a variety of animals? Uh, no, uh, Bentley is a turtle and Murray is a hippo. Okay. That's, it's, you know what? You got to mix up your skill set. Uh, yeah. The, the skills I'll... that a turtle have... 
different than the skills of a raccoon. Am I yeah, correct? Though, uh, yeah, though, in the first <laughs> game, you don't actually get to play as them. But oh, in the okay. second and third games, you do. Well, that's basically, cool. Basically, Sly is the field man of it. Like, he goes out and does the missions. Bentley is mainly the computer and smarts guy. He does all the planning. And Murray takes care of the getaway driving and also the muscle. Okay. Okay. Nice, it's a uh, so... three-man band. Three man band. That's great. It's uh, you don't need usually don't need more than that. That's nice. I get someone on drums, yeah. and so they uh, they're so because I remember that because I know uh, Jack and Daxter and Ratchet and Clank are these sort of th- they were the first sort of three D platforms, right? Like uh, yes. What um what so what kind of worlds are you going through? Is it futuristic? Is it junkyardy? What is it's- it? It's actually modern. Like, if you took real-life locations and then translated them into this world. So you visit places like uh, Paris, uh, uh, Venice. Um, you you visit the uh, the Welsh you're, Triangle in the first game. You're all over Europe and the the British Islands? What? Uh, yeah, and then uh, Mesa City in the U.S., uh, China, like, all sorts of locations. And it's, so it's a platform... So essentially, you run, you jump, you t- you fight, and you is. Are there any more tasks besides that? Uh, He's a yeah, stealer because, guy. Yeah, because it's mostly a stealth game. Like uh, the first game, it really seemed like it was trying to work off of classic collectathon platformers, where it's like you go through the level, you get the things, uh, you get you find a secret in each level, and then you move on. But the second game was when they actually hammered out some proper gameplay for it, where oh. They made it more sandbox style. Okay. Like you'd okay. have, yeah, you'd have a uh, like a particular level and setting where you could freely explore it, and then you'd occasionally get jobs that you have to do around the area. And at that point, you could play as Sly Bentley with Mark. Okay. So at the end of the first one, spoiler alert, two thousand two, get over it. Uh, do you do you face the fiendish five and, uh, and yeah. defeat them? Yeah, there are five worlds, and you defeat each of the Fiendish Five, picking up a new skill along the way, and then you face off against the final member of the Fiendish Five, and possibly the most sinister, Clockwork, a giant robotic owl that pretty much nearly kills you at least three times. Oh, wow. So it's a, it's a Clockwork owl? Or who? Like, who? Who? Yes. Owl. But, okay. like, uh, every, every one of the other characters is, like, a, like an anthropomorphic, like, uh, they walk like humans, they do that. But Clockwork is just a straight-up owl, the solid metal with glowing yellow eyes, and it is slightly frightening. Yeah, I bet, if you were a child, at that too. time. Yeah, yeah, like, if you're little and you're playing that thing, you're like, this is a super creepy-looking owl. Did he? Did the owl have laser eyes? Uh, not laser eyes, but he did fire lasers at you. Okay, because uh, I would have said, uh, laser eyes, leaving money on the table, not using the eyeballs as lasers. But, uh, so, so five different worlds. Did the worlds have different, ter- how were the graphics? I mean... Uh, it was really good. Like, one of the main design philosophies behind the Sly Cooper games was making it more like a comic book. Like, uh, some, their main inspiration was Batman the Animated Series, where it's like those okay. hard angles and shadows yeah. and things like that. Oh, that's cool looking. I bet it's really cool looking. Yeah, and it just kept getting better as they went on. But what really cinched it was the gameplay. Yeah, and well, it ought. So the gameplay, but the gameplay was good to begin with, and then it got better in the sequels? Yeah, they just kept refining it. Uh, so okay. basically, like, as a like stealthy character, you had to be able to pull off all sorts of like stealthy moves and stuff, like uh, walking on tightropes or jumping on uh, small points or anything like that. Oh, so, it was acrobatic? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. And, Sorry. Uh, yeah. And so what they did for all of the games was they tied all of these moves to a simple action of jumping and pressing the circle button. Which, if you are near a point where you can do something, and it's usually uh, shown with blue sparkles around where it's supposed to be, yeah, you're able to jump, hit the circle button, and it will do the move for you. Oh, Okay. Oh, okay. And, and it also even made sure to let you know that you're able to successfully pull off the move. Because if you, like, jump, or you do, like, a double jump, and then you hit the circle button, uh, Sly will kind of do a pirouette in midair, and then land where he needs to land. Okay. So, so you got immediate confirmation of you pulled this off. 
Yes. And could you fail? Was there, was, like, how did you die? Uh, you died if, or, okay, in the first, the, the first game was really different from the second and third games. Okay. Uh, the first game worked on a, uh, one-hit kill system, and you could pick up, uh, lucky horseshoes that if you got one of them, then you could take an extra hit. And if okay. you got two of them, you could take two extra hits. Okay. And then if you took another hit after that, you're dead. Okay, so it was one and done, unless you had horseshoes on you in the first game. Yeah. And you just go to these different worlds. Were they different terrains? Uh, yes, and then in the first game, you would go to different levels within the world, and then it'd be kind of like a, a hallway system. like. Uh, oh, just fresh- a dungeon? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, okay. So then, so that's the first one. Yes. And then the second one, more story. Is that... Yes. Did they come back? Did the fiendish come back on the second one? Uh, all all the fiendish five were defeated, except uh, when when you defeat Clockwork, he he is laying across the uh, the final area in pieces, and then you discover ah. that somebody has picked up all the Clockwork parts, and it's being <laughs> held it's being held in a museum. So then your very first mission, and also your tutorial for the new style, is you have to break into this museum and then steal all the Clockwork parts. So, working your way through the museum, uh, Bentley's deactivating the security systems, Murray's breaking things, and you get to the final room, and nothing. The parts are gone. And the, dun, police dun, dun. And the police are in there, they ambush you, and then you gotta make a quick escape. But not before learning about a new uh, threat called the Claw Gang. Oh. And these, and these people are trying to make use of all the clockwork parts in their own ways. Like, uh, one, one of the antagonists, uh, Dimitri, uses the tail feathers and their unique metal to use them as printing plates for counterfeiting. Oh. And uh, another one uh, uses it for uh, train uh, shipping systems using the, uh, the lungs and a stomach as uh, pumps for the engines. So all of them are mostly just trying to use the parts for their own selfish gains. Except the main one in charge has something a bit more sinister in mind. He wants to rebuild Clockwork and then merge with him. Ah, and then sort of, he thinks he can, that sounds like a terrible plan. You know, when you think that you're like, I'm going to make this monster and then I'm going to get to control this monster, not realizing that the monster you've created uh, has a will of its own. So Uh, you'd think that would be how it'd end up, but... By the end of it, you discover that he's trying to rebuild Clockwork, and Clockwork is essentially still dead. It's just his body. Oh. And a little extra thing about Clockwork is that he is essentially immortal. Like, every death in the Cooper clan, like all the previous uh, ones that you find in pages of the Thievius Raccoonus, if they have an image associated with them, in the top corner of it, or somewhere in the image... You see the silhouette of an owl, like a giant owl. So he killed all the previous Coopers, and that's the reason why he came after Sly and his family. He wanted to end the Cooper line once and for all and show that without the Thievius Raccoonus and all the skills of old, the Cooper clan was nothing. Nothing. You, you, you will never be able to recoup. It's so interesting. That, the thing that kept him alive was his hate for the Coopers. And so, finally, Sly is the one to defeat him and to, to make him dead dead. And this uh, hasn't been like a, this hasn't been a, because what if it wasn't just parallel families? Like, new Cooper, new clockwork, bam. Uh, no, it was the same Same clockwork. clock, okay, weird. Weird, immortal clockwork. I suppose it's a machine. So when So when the sinister guy in number two rebuilds clockwork... How is it not, how does he not, where is he if he is immortal, if he doesn't come back into that body? So basically throughout the second game, you actually slightly work with one of the police officers that's after you. Uh, Her name is Constable Mila. And uh, (laughs) so you need to work with her on certain occasions and then eventually she betrays you and she's considered an enemy. And it's assumed at that point it's just she was in it for just getting ahead at uh, Interpol, the uh, oh. police, the industry <laughs> chasing after. Right, she just wanted a, a promotion of yeah, some sort. Because okay. uh, the, the other cop that's mainly after you is uh, Inspector Carmelita Fox. And she is like, 
She's constantly after the Cooper gang and is also a slight love interest of Sly. Like, constantly oh. flirty banter back and forth. Interesting. Are, do you know, this is completely separate, if foxes and raccoons are in the same genus? Uh, I don't know, and uh, knowing how the internet <laughs> goes with these things, I'm not sure I want <laughs> Right. Too much information will happen if I even get go there so yep. we won't let us not so that's the second that's the second so what yeah, so, so to do that he, yeah so once you get to the end uh you find out that neela has been working with the uh the supposed big bad arpeggio the entire time arpeggio is like a small bird uh, like a parrot type thing and okay. uh it, at first when you get his backstory it, it seems that he's just a weak pathetic bird and he can't fly, so it seems like he's using clockwork just to achieve his dreams. Uh -huh. And like uh, Cooper, uh, Sly even confronts him on this, and he's just like, "All of this work because you can't fly. You're pathetic." Mm. And then he reveals that it's not that; it's for immortality. He wants to merge with clockwork to become immortal. Oh, I see. I see. So then he's about to do it. Then Neela attacks him, knocks him down, and then merges with clockwork herself. And, oh. then, and then he's on the ground like, but you can't do this. You're my protege. Get, get out of the clockwork frame or all. all. And then with the giant owl head, just, and he's dead, like super dead. Like the big antagonist of this game is now dead. Tiny and now bird you deal gone. With this. And so and Leela has gone uh, bad Leela. cop. Uh, oh, Neela with an N. Yes. Okay, uh, yeah, she's gone total bad cop here. Uh, so, uh, yeah. and has she merged... She wanted this all along. The big bad, she has merged with the with, with the clockwork, and now you have to fight the clockwork again. Same... Uh, yeah. Same boss, different operator. Different moves? Uh, once you get to the final parts of that stage, it's actually kind of familiar to how you fought her, in the, or fought clockwork in the first game. Okay. Where, uh, where uh, Carmelita comes in on a helicopter, you take on a turret, and you have to fight Clockwork. And he's, or, and uh, okay, at that point, it's referred to as Clockla, like a combination of the names. But I always found that kind of stupid. Okay. So yeah. you have to fight Clockwork, and he uses most of the same moves. But then eventually, because you're on Arpeggio's uh, airship, and eventually. She just breaks the entire thing, snatches up the safe house where Bentley and Murray are held in, and now you gotta save your pals. So now you oh. gotta get out there and confront him yourself. That's it. Oh. And then, uh, it's still Neela's voice as you're, uh, talking to Clockwork, but then eventually, it, it goes from simply her own voice, where it's like, this is what I planned this whole time, to, I hate you. I hate you so much, Cooper! And like, I don't Wow, that's so then, nuts. And also yeah. super creepy for uh, what is ostensibly a super cute platform game. Yeah, it gets kind of messed <laughs> up. <laughs> but, uh, where were the, where were these ones? Andy said that they weren't made in-house. They weren't made in Sony PlayStation, that they were they were separate game uh, developer companies uh, that yes, came uh, in. Yeah, Sly Cooper was developed by uh, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch, uh, okay. They went on to make the uh, Infamous series, and now they're making, uh, or now they've made uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. Are they out of Japan? Uh, I think they're in America. Okay. Because what I have found is that the Japanese games themselves will go super dark and weird. Like, you know, one of my favorite, I think it was a PS2 game that Andy introduced me to, that he got in like a just like a bin <laughs> where it was a buck and a half was called stretch panic. And it was a PS2 game where it was about a little girl whose twin sister is stolen by demon ladies. And so she has to go into the demon world and fight these demon ladies and it's all rainy. And uh, so she goes, she's in this main room. She goes into the fight, the demon ladies, the demon ladies are on these spinning platforms and they are all you see are their eyes and their boobs and they have ponytails. And the only way to kill them is to, to affect their damage is to run around and pull their ponytails. 
And you run around, pull the ponytail, it brings down the, the damage, right? Run around, pull the ponytail. If you knock them off the platform, their boobs flatten out, turn into a uh, helicopter, uh, and they, they fly back up and come back on the platform. Weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. What the hell? Yes, it was super, but it was a pretty cool game, quite honestly. There was a, uh, it was, because you had to, you know, it was a lot of dodging and kind of, you know, figuring out how to yeah. get back there and pull a ponytail and get in front and dodge, because they would hit, hit you back, obviously. And then you'd have to run around and pull a ponytail. And there was always like three of them per platform. And then you had to get, and I never did finish the game. I never did. That's been my biggest problem with PlayStation games is I never, and I never play them all the way through. Do you usually play them all the way through? Uh, okay. Uh, with a lot of the PlayStation 2 games I had as a, or I had as a kid, or even to the PlayStation 3 games that I later got, uh, I couldn't finish them while I was younger, but closer to nowadays, I go back and I'm able to finish a lot of them, no problem. That's so. that makes sense. I mean, I know that my uh, like my nieces and nephews were always finishing every game, and I was like, "That's because you don't have jobs." It's like you you can I mean you could sit for four hours, six hours after school, as long as you get your homework done. My brothers would be like, "Yeah, go ahead, play," and uh, you're like, mm. All right. And uh, so, but uh, so if, so is it different worlds for the second one of this Sly Cooper? Uh, yeah, you go to different locations and you complete jobs around the location. So you go like uh, Paris to India to Prague. Like you go all over the place. Like ending That's up so on, cool. Ending up on this airship thing that you have to stop. Oh, like a dirigible? Kind of like a steampunky? Yeah, but like a city-sized well, not like oh. a city size, like a county size. <laughs> More of a, a large town, but it doesn't yeah. matter because uh, the and and when you would go when they would go to these different cities, were there like recognizable landmarks? Uh, yeah, if you go to Paris, you'll see the Eiffel Tower. If you when you go to Venice in the third game, that you see Rialto canals Bridge. and the Rialto Bridge, and okay, well, that's kind of cool just by itself. It sounds it sounds like a really good looking game. And so then at the end of it is the final battle on the dirigible on the uh, city. No, once you're able to take out uh, Clockwood for once and for all, then you crash down into Paris. Uh, all three of you survive, and Carmelita is like trying to catch up in the helicopter. Uh, <laughs> and then you look at the wreckage of Clockwork, and looks pretty dead. And yep. then it's like, we we did it! And then she comes back online. It's like, die, insects! Die! <laughs> Ooh, insect uh, like, talk! Okay, all like, right. okay we, need to, we need to finish this off once and for all. And then you, and then uh, Bentley is able to figure out the source of how of the immortality it's kind of like a hate ship black magic device thing okay so then uh murray has to go go over to clockworks now uh like structed head pry it open bentley blows up uh some other parts of the head is able to get at the hate ship and he's like standing in the mouth and is like guys i got it we need to get out of here and the head comes down and all you hear is ah my glasses. <laughs> Bentley, or, uh, Murray grabs the head, lifts it back up, grabs Bentley, and they need to get out of there. And so then, then finally, it starts to like self-destruct. Then you go oh, into the clockwork. The yeah, clockwork self starts to destruct. Okay. And you go into the final cutscene, and and it's not breaking. Like all the parts still seem pristine. Yeah. All because of the hate ship. And uh, Carmelita finally comes in and like pissed that she didn't get to take some uh, shots at Neela herself. <laughs> takes it out on the hate ship. Drops it. Stomps the hate ship. And all the parts begin to age all at once and decay. Oh. See, and, I... Yep, go ahead. Yeah, And then uh, Sly comments on the irony of the fact that Carmelita, a police officer destroyed the curse upon an entire thieving clan. Oh, that is that is ironic. Like, what like I this story was... gets crazy deep. Yeah, yeah. I thought, for some reason, when the head fell on Bentley, 
I thought the hate chip would have been impl- implanted into Bentley, and then S- Sly Cooper three was he had to get it out of Bentley. But that is that, me just yeah. writing stuff. That would have been interesting, but that was not. That was not Sly Cooper three. What was Sly Cooper three? So Sly Cooper three. Uh, after the death of Clockwork, you learn a few things. One, Bentley is now paralyzed from the like. Oh, he, from the thing landing on him. Like yeah, so. His legs are now unusable. Okay. And Murray, out of grief for not being able to save Bentley, quits the team. So no. he leaves. And then Sly, throughout all this process, is learned, has learned about a secret of the Cooper clan. A place called the Cooper Vault. Where every one <laughs> of the family stashed all of their riches. So he's like, well, it's time to collect my inheritance if we got nothing left. Yep. And so he and Bentley go there, and a uh, mysterious figure by the name of Dr. M has set up shop there. It looks like he's been trying to crack into the vault for years and set up a fortress around it like Fort Knox. Oh, so now he's, de- he's defended the vault so that he has time to break into the vault? Yep. Okay. And so then now the goal of this game is to like, uh, go out and defeat the Phoenix go and defeat people or go and collect things. Now you have to find people that can assist you in getting into the vault. Oh, so how do you do that? Yeah. Well, first things first, you got to get Murray back. So in the first, (laughs) I'd seen a, (laughs) I'd seen a commentary on the series where, uh, for the first episode of Sly three, it really feels like a couple of things are missing. You know, like a, a team member, the team van because it had uh, floated away on a block of ice as the airship took off its light too. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a team member, a team van, uh, Bentley's legs. So mm-hmm. you're missing a few things. <laughs> Bentley's legs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so as they soon have as to I go, saw that one. They have but, to go find all of those? But no, 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 not, not the legs. legs. <laughs> <laughs> not the legs. What just happened? But first, um, first things first, you got to find Murray. And right. this is where you end up in Venice because you heard that, or you get information that Murray is now training in uh, Aboriginal sacred arts and has been sent on a walkabout, ending up in Venice. So now you got to find him and get him back on the team. He's taken Aboriginal artifacts from Australia and ended but, up in Venice no. with them? No, he took Aboriginal, uh, or he took uh, lessons in Aboriginal culture from a from a guru that appears in the second level, oh, which okay. you can recruit. Ah, okay. Fair enough. And but he's he, in Venice. Yes, he's in Venice, and uh, a the situation is a mob boss is polluting the canals of Venice with tar, and uh, Murray is not able to leave until, quote, the black water runs pure. So okay, okay. You, you gotta clear, you gotta clear up that problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then eventually, you're able to do that, and Murray's back on the team. But then the team is intrigued by uh, this guru that Murray keeps mentioning, and Murray feels bad about breaking off his training. So okay. you go to the Australian outback and meet the guy. Okay. And uh, a like, there's a whole thing with a bunch of miners there that are digging into the sacred sites, and you need to clear them out. And there's this whole thing with a dark magic mask. It was kind of one of the more uh, strange. Seem, sure, uh, the whole thing sounds sounds very strange, but that's interesting. Yeah. I've been to Australia and I met those miners, and uh, I'm sure that the largest hole in the world is in the western coast. It's in a t- uh, it's adjacent to a town called Kalgoorlie, K A L G O O R L I E, in Australia. And it is, uh, it's a gold super pit and it's a gold mine, but all they do is just remove, they're just digging to the center of the earth and they, and they, Jeez. they pull gold, so much gold out of it every day that it's ridiculous, but I'm sure it was sacred to someone. Uh, yeah. but now it's just a mile crevice into the planet. So, wow. um, that's kind of wild. And then, so they, they go talk to the guru and they, they resolve his problems. Yes. Does he then, then join the team? He joins the team. Yes. And the Cooper gang is never the same again. <laughs> so then you go on to recruit uh, more people to the team. Like uh, you travel to Holland to compete in a, uh, a biplane tournament 
where you get a mechanic, or you recruit a mechanic named Penelope. Okay. Bentley kind of gets to have a thing for. Okay. And then uh, after that, you travel to China because you need a demolitions expert, and the only pr- and uh, Bentley, usually the resident demolitions expert, doesn't think his explosives are going to cut it. So uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. the only other option is, is to go to the, the source of fireworks, China. Is to go is to go to one of the fiendish five. Oh no! Oh, they yeah, go back uh, to the one of the fiendish five. Yeah, uh, the level that takes place in China in the first game, uh, the antagonist is the Panda King. Yeah, and he basically, like his whole thing in that game was not only did he kill Sly's father and take the devious raccoonus, but also he extorted local Chinese cities, uh, and if they didn't pay up, then he would launch fireworks onto the mountains near their town and destroy them in an avalanche. Wow! So this guy was bad. Yeah, that's a bad guy. But and uh, but, Sly, but we need him on the team. Yeah, that's what so I hear. Sly is rightfully pissed about this option, yeah. but goes along with it anyway because Bentley is insistent. Right. So you go there, and it, actually, it's one of the more interesting levels in the game because you find the Panda King, you get up to him, but he's in sort of a trance, like a med- a deep meditative state. So then the guru has to bridge the minds of the Panda King and Sly. All right. Oh, this is. Oh, it is. It's so you go into the level inside the mind, and it is an exact recreation of the original fight from the first game, except now Sly is as he is now, but Panda King is still trapped in the past. Oh. So you need. So you should be able to to make short work. So you need to be able to talk to him. You can't just defeat him because this is what he's been going through his entire life up until. Okay. Now, you need to learn to be able to slightly forgive him and talk him out of the trance. Oh, well, that's so, kind of interesting. Yeah, and the entire level is devoted to getting back Panda King's daughter, who was okay, was kidnapped and forced to be married to a uh, local warlord known as General Tsao. And yes, he is a chicken. <laughs> that. It, is kinda, ridiculous. <laughs> it's kind of silly, but you, yeah, you kind of get over the silliness once you get a few encounters with this guy. Well, yeah, because you're uh, you're just like, no, no, I get the joke. In other news, he's about to kick my ass, so uh, yeah. I he's kidnapped I'm just gonna this fight guy's, this chicken. He's kidnapped this guy's daughter and is forcing her to marry him. Okay, and then eventually you're able to fight him, and not only is he a terrible person, a warlord, and kidnapped a daughter. It's also sexist as hell. Uh-oh. Like uh, one one of the lines at the beginning of the battle is like, Jing King or uh, uh, the Panda King's daughter is named Jing King, and okay. Sly's like, Jing King is a person, not property. Mm-hmm. Oh, who cares? When our bloodlines cross, it will be glorious. But she mm-hmm. doesn't want to marry you. Yeah. And this is the and this is the line he says, "She's a woman. She doesn't know up from down." And like, oh, I am going to kick your ass. <laughs> Good to hear it. Good to like hear you just, it. You just upgraded from awful person to absolutely terrible, terrible just person. Just a, a freaking monster. Okay, well, just, let's just, do this. Let's go. And uh, yeah, what are their weapons? What are, What is Sly's weapon of choice? Uh, Sly, oh yeah, uh, Sly wields a cane. Uh, it's kind of a uh, basic cane, but then it uh, goes up and hooks around. So okay. it's quite often used to like pull things or latch onto hooks. Or okay, climb. You. Okay, or of course, or yeah. beat them. Yes. Uh, yes, and then also uh, in the later games, you can use it to pickpocket people, where you like you can oh. reach into their pocket with the cane and then pop out some coins. Oh, okay. Yeah. What uh, is is there currency? Is there stuff to buy? Uh, yes. Uh, in, in the, the games, you can uh, collect coins. And in the first game, all they did was uh, you collect a hundred coins and get an extra life. It was kind oh, of okay. Sort of thing. But in the second and third games, you could use coins to buy power-ups on a uh, thing called Thiefnet, where it's like, kind of like a dark web. Uh, it, you could sell items that you stole in order to buy new abilities. Okay. <laughs> that's kind of hilarious, because it's, uh, that's a, like, that's the Thiefnet is your fencer, and yeah. you have to fence your goods, and, uh, all right, all right, yeah. I get it. So then, and, so they finally, go ahead. 
And uh, in the second game, or in the, the second and third games, you can both pickpocket coins out of people's pockets, or, or sometimes, if there's like a glow in the pocket, you can pickpocket until you get a piece of loot. So it'd be like a necklace or a watch, and they each have different values. Oh, okay. So like an and, actual thing. Yes. And then in the second game, you would go back to the safe house, get onto ThiefNet, and then sell them. So okay. then you could buy items. Now, what I didn't like about the third game is that they kind of cut out the middleman there, where as soon as you stole the item, then you would get the coins. It's like, come on, oh. felt more realistic the other way. It's kind of fun to go, because ThiefNet is funny. And, made, you, uh, made you feel like a thief. Yes, and then what could you buy? You just owe power-ups to the existing powers that you have, right? That's what uh, you were yeah. buying? Yeah, you could buy things like... Uh, uh, you can buy things like a knockout dive, where if if a guard is in front of you that's too tough to beat, you can use this power on them, knock them out, and then you can do your uh, stealth attack on them to immediately uh, kill them. Okay. Or you could buy a paraglider, which allows the slide to glide. Okay. Or you could buy things for Bentley and Murray, because uh, in uh, both of the games, uh, Bentley serves as kind of a hidden bomb type character. Okay. Where you could use you could use a, a sleep dart launcher in order to to shoot sleep darts at guards and then pop out bombs in order to kill them. Okay. So his his power ups would usually be things like uh, you can toss a bomb that causes all enemies in the area to go to sleep, or toss a bomb that causes them all to fight each other. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like that. And, That's funny. Uh, and Murray. Murray mostly relied on his strength, where like, you have small guards and big guards. With small guards, if Murray, like, basic attack, wham, they are knocked out in one punch. And then, if, if an enemy is knocked out, or you have an object in front of you, then you can use a stop move to pick it up and then throw it at things. Okay. Mostly throwing guards at other guards. Fair enough. Yeah, that, uh, that makes more sense than I can imagine. Uh, yeah. that I th so, you... You do the mind meld. You go in. You convince the one of the fiendish five that you've that you're over it, and he should be over it. And now he's part of the team too. Uh, no, like neither Slide nor the Panda King get over it just yet, because not only uh, is uh, Panda King horrible, was the Panda King a horrible extortionist, but also remember, he still kills Sly's dad. Right, and, right. And Sly pretty much ruined the Panda King's reputation, and that disgrace was what eventually allowed Jane King to be captured. So they're still not cool with each other by like up until right at the end of the level. Like once you rescue Jane King and after a series of events, you rob General Sal blind because he's got it coming. Right, right, right. It's a, that's the game. You're a thief. And yeah. <laughs> and so so yeah, you don't want General Tsao. You want um but you do want the Fiendish Five guy, Jane King's or does does Jin King come with you? Uh, Jin King, uh, or once you rescue Jin King, uh, Panda King drops her off at uh, at a family member's house in order to keep her safe, mm. and then the Panda King comes with you in order to help you. Okay, well, it'd be nice if she got some work out of this, but nope. All right, so now you got the Panda King, you have the Guru, you have, and you have the team. You have five uh, members of yeah, the team. Yeah, you have a. Uh, you now have Sly, Bentley, Murray, the Guru, Penelope, and the Panda King. Okay, who is and Penelope then, again? Uh, the mechanic that I mentioned. Oh, the mechanic, that's right. Yes, that uh, Bentley has a thing for. Yeah, yeah. So then the final level is a little bit ridiculous and kind of breaks the pace. Basically, you go to a pirate town, steal a pirate boat, and uh, have to retrieve some diving gear, then save Penelope, and there's a whole thing. But eventually, you get uh, one of the antagonists from previous or from Sly Two on your team as a uh, as a uh, diver, so like deep sea stuff. Oh, you needed a diver. Okay, yes. you got to go get that person and do whatever that is. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so and now then you have... you've got a fortress, right? Yep. And uh, I didn't mention this before, but the game doesn't open with you trying to find Murray. It opens with your assault on the uh, on the Cooper vault. Yeah. Like, it opens with uh, Sly at the front of the fortress and then talking to Bentley. And it's like, this is it. The gang's all here and it's ready to get you into that vault. Uh, we're working five by five here. Make sure everybody's in sync. And then it goes through all the characters, but their faces are silhouetted. So okay. you don't know who they are at that point. I mean... For some of them, you can probably guess. Right. But they, oh, they kind of bookend the story? Yes. So okay. then at, 
at the end of the uh, beginning part where uh, you're breaking in, things go wrong, and you're not able to get into the vault, so you gotta make a quick getaway and regroup. You're about to get to the end of... You're about to get back to the boat, which you now know is the pirate boat from later, mm-hmm. but before you... But before you can get there, there's a reason why the guy is called Dr. M, in reference to Doc, Dr. Moreau, like, as in the island of Dr. Moreau. And yeah. Block, and blocking your path is a giant sci- or science creature thing that grabs Bentley, and you've got to fight him. So okay. then and is being controlled by Dr. M. You try and get some hits in, then it doesn't work. And then uh, he's about to chomp down on Bentley, and so at an act of desperation, Sly throws his cane, lodges it in the monster's mouth. That causes him to release Bentley. Okay. Then it spits the cane out. You don't have a weapon anymore, and it grabs you. And then it ends off with with Sly struggling to get out of the the monster's claws, and Bentley screaming screaming to help him. Okay. And so then, once you've finished all of the levels, then you're back to the end. Right, and you're in the hand of the bad guy, yep. the big bad. Yeah, and all the story thus far has been told kind of like a, a flashback or slot. Yeah, yeah. So, so then you're at the end, and then just like all of this time, all this effort put together, now I'm going to die here. And then he, <laughs> and then he thinks... Even though we've been through all this, I just can't help but think of what a coward I've been around Carmelita. Like I know we're on opposite sides of the law, but I, if I did something, we could find a way to make it work. That'll never happen now. <laughs> I can't take this crushing. Just make the pain stop. And then cut to the title card, and then rolling in on an Interpol boat, Carmelita and a bunch of mercenaries coming to take on the creature. There the, we go. The, the girl cavalry. is going to the rescue. That's it. She's going to save the dragon. Yeah. That's great. Uh, good for her. <laughs> yes. So she comes in uh, and is able to take down the beast, but mm-hmm. Sly is still pretty messed up. So right. you don't get to play as him for a little while. Then you have to go and retrieve the cane. But then eventually uh, Dr. M is able to get his hands on it and you have to fight him in some sort of giant uh, flying creature in a biplane battle. And oh, then wow. it, you, you get the cane back, and then it's time to head into the vault. Yeah. And then in this, you basically get the entire Cooper line, or all the different characters you've seen thus far in the moves that you've learned. Yeah. So you see the oh, one from that... from the Thieves book. Yeah, the Thievius Raccoonus. Okay. So you see the one that invented the, the rail slide. You see the one that invented the spire jump. And you see all these people and get little... Uh, factoids about them from Sly as you look at them, mm-hmm. as you essentially have to go through a gauntlet of, of uh, different areas that are based off of each of the ancestors' moves. Right. And then at the end, you finally reach the Inner Sanctum, and then you have to go back to Bentley and Murray waiting, or waiting outside, or waiting inside the vault at the entrance. And then they have to defend against all the, all the guards and minions that have forced the door after you and are trying to get into the Cooper Vault. So Murray's able to beat the shit out of a lot of them, and then you finally get some backstory on who exactly Dr. M is. See, he was essentially the Bentley to Sly's father. Oh. He was the brains of his dad's operation. Aha. The guy in the chair. So he's, like, essentially operations guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, basically, now he's trying to get under Bentley's skin. It's like, Come on, you know he treats you as a second fiddle. You'll never be nothing. More, you'll never be anything more with him in charge. Right. We we, then, we we did we we were the ones who got all these trinkets, and that is that what he thinks is that. Yep. But then Bentley's like, no, he's my friend. I've known him since, since forever. Yeah. We, we're friends. We we're equals. Mm-hmm. And like he realizes this, and. And Murray is just all, already defending Sly. Like, he's the one that has to keep Dr. M down as uh, Bentley has to do some things with security devices in the cave in order to take Dr. M down. Right. But eventually, he gets away and then goes into the gauntlet and is able to follow after Sly. So then, okay. he got back to Sly at the intersect. And he's just, he's just overwhelmed. Like, all of this Cooper history laid out in front of him. 
then Dr. M pops in for a final battle. Yeah. And, and honestly, this one is probably the hardest in the series because, well, it, it's not like the previous final battles where I was like, oh, you gotta shoot the thing or shoot the thing again. Yeah. This time, you actually have to fight him face to face. And it is not easy. Okay. And, so is it more jumping and acrobatics? Uh, a little bit of jumping, acrobatics, lots of combat, a lot of the moves you've learned thus far, a lot of the extra power-ups you have, it all comes here. Okay. So once you're able to defeat him, uh, Dr. M's just like, can't believe you, you bunch of selfish, dirty, conniving thieves, all of you thieves! And then Sly just lays some truth down. Just like, I'm not my father. Mm -hmm. And I'm not this guy or this one who came before or any of the people who came before me. I'm just me. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what happened between you and my father, but it's not the same with me and Bentley. Right. And then just as Dr. M is about to get up for a second bout, then Carmelita pops in through one of the doors. And then you know, obviously flirty banter. It's like, nice to see you, gorgeous. You too. Ah, shucks. Uh -huh. And then... Uh, and then Dr. M's just like, aw, a love interest. Might uh -oh. not be able to defeat you. At least I can hurt you through her. Fires off a shot at her, and Sly's like, not her! Runs ah! in, takes the hit, and is freaking launched. So then the final little bit of health on Dr. M's health bar, you use Carmelita just... <laughs> it, it, oh. It's a shock. It's not an actual gun. It's a shock pistol, so... Right. You take so Carmelita takes, takes him down? Yes. And, and uh, then... Yeah. And goes up to get Sly. And then Sly is just like, what happened? <laughs> what is this place? Uh, Sly, are you okay? No, what? Uh, who are you? Uh, I'm Carmelita, Inspector Carmelita Fox. And who am I? No! Amnesia! <laughs> yes. So then uh, she's able to get him out of there. And uh, then you get the final ending where... Sly doesn't show up for a long time. Like, everything that's left on the island, like, the vault seems to be closed off forever as all of the island collapses. But then eventually, Bentley and Murray find something off to the side, uh, something off to the side, where it's Sly's cane, his uh, pouch, and one last cave entrance with the gold behind it. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so he left his cane behind. Right. Like, hey, hey, wait a minute. He had amnesia. So then, as the time goes by, uh, they just figure Sly didn't want to be found. So right. Murray goes back to the outback to complete his training. Uh, Bentley and Penelope are together at this point, and they're like, doing all sorts of science stuff. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, you get one last thing after the credits, where you see uh, Sly and Carmelita holding hands at what looks to be like a fancy ball or something. On a balcony, and you're looking through uh, ben uh, Bentley's uh, binoculars, kind of like a binoculars using right. to zoom out on things. He looks in, and then you just see them holding hands romantically, and then after that, just oh, a wink! Like he didn't have amnesia. <laughs> like, and he didn't forget anything at all. He just was done. He was just done, and he wanted to change his life so that they could be together. Because that was yes. that was the plot twist. I have to say yes. this, Xander, is that uh, you have explained the plot of three video games that is probably better than how those three video games explain that plot. Uh, because sometimes I have a actually I did horribly at this. There is so much like <laughs> Well, that's cool. That's I would love to see that game actually, or possibly even yeah. play it. Is it available for PS3 or PS4? Uh, there is a Sly HD collection on PS3, and I okay. don't know if it was ported to PS4. Fair but enough, all, probably All I can not. tell you is, there is a fourth game, it was not made by the same studio, and I consider it non-canon, because it <laughs> Fair enough. It's not like, good. It, bas it basically just undid all the, all the emotional satisfaction. Uh, like all yeah. the satis all the satisfaction you got from the ending of Sly Three, where it's like, okay, Sly's happy, Carlito's happy, Bentley's happy, Murray's happy. It, everybody just ended up right where they yeah. needed to be, and the the game just sort of tosses out all of it because oh, because they and and I wonder who hired them to do that to ruin it all. Oh, uh, just because they, they were yeah. 
They basically uh, Sucker Punch passed the, the Sly Cooper IP off to a company called Sanzaru. Okay. Uh, they had done a lot of like uh, PSP games for, or and also like uh, PS2 games in the past. Yeah. And so they passed it off to Sanzaru first for the HD collection, so that yeah. they could remaster it. And uh, the it was a it was a it was a re-release, but yeah. it was done kind of shoddily. There's couple of missing textures, dialogue things. Like, nothing compared to the Jack and Daxter collection, which was basically a one-to-one recreation in HD. Okay. Well, that's that's good. And then, because with all... Do Jack and Daxter and Ratchet and... You'll be sad to hear this, Xander. By the way, I am talking with Xander Quation, and uh, Xander Quation has a, a show called The What's Update, and at The What's Update uh, is Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. And uh, people can watch it. You can follow him and get to know uh, what's up and the update yeah. on that. And uh, so, but Pun. we have, we literally have uh, 10 minutes left. <laughs> so but, you just spent, oh, dang it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just spent 37 minutes explaining a game that I've never heard of or played. So I'm really excited about Sly Cooper. <laughs> So, but what the thing is, is do, do Jack and Daxter and Ratchet and Clank, which are also these, these 3d platform games have that kind of emotional engagement as well. Oh yeah. Uh, basically uh, the first three games of each of, of each of these series is golden. Like it's, they tell amazing stories and have a consistent theme. Like with Sly Cooper, the whole thing is about uh, legacy. Like yeah, uh, the and Cooper family and, and, with uh, yeah, yeah. With uh, Ratchet and Clank, most of the early games were crit- uh, criticizing consumerism, where like okay. everybody in everybody in the galaxies that you travel through are only out for money. Okay. Like like the world could be ending around them, and they could have some life life saving gadget that you really need in order to progress, mm-hmm. but they gotta get paid first. So right, and that, Jack and Daxter. Jack and Daxter, I'd say it's mostly about adaptation. Because once you go from the first to the second game in that series, it's a radical change. So I think it's somewhat about adaptation. Oh, like sort of growing and learning and becoming different people? or Yeah, because that game basically just went from uh, Open World Collectathon to my first Grand Theft Auto. Okay. <laughs> it, it was a radical change, and it'd probably take an entire another episode. So, I want to have you oh, back then? I'll explain yeah, that yeah. one. Uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be a sec, but this is great. I I just recorded an episode with a guy who his dorkdom was the Revolutionary War, and the first episode I did with him was two years ago, and we didn't get we just got to Lexington and Concord, <sighs> so I just recorded one with him yesterday, and we. They have not yet gotten to the Declaration of Independence. So I was like, dude, are you kidding me? He's like, okay, w- let's say we're at the Declaration of Independence. then, <laughs> But we haven't gotten to the Battle of New York or anything. So, so be it. But we will definitely have you back because that's, rid- oh, that's ridiculous. It's Because um, are there any new uh, sort of 3D platforms? Are, are there, is there anything you're playing now that are, that are comparable that, you en- that you're enjoying to some extent? that are kind of like that? Well, most of the 3D platformers that I play these days is either the HD collections because I'm feeling nostalgic, yep. or uh, like some of the later games that the company's made, like uh, Ratchet and oh, Clank, this- or Insomniac Games kept going with the Ratchet and Clank series, and there's kind of a lot of diminishing returns on that one. But, uh... <clears throat> uh Naughty Dog, who made uh, Jack and Daxter, uh, yeah. eventually went on to instead uh, drop that and do Uncharted, and then eventually Last of Us. And Sucker Punch moved on to the uh, Infamous series. So Infamous, or, and then eventually Ghost of Tsushima. So Infamous and Uncharted were kind of the closest things that I could get to that nowadays, but other than that, it's mostly just playing some Nintendo titles, because they're mostly the ones that can the good platforms. Oh, okay, because I know that um, I also did yesterday. This is the fifth episode I've ta- I've taped in two days. So, but yesterday I think it was the er- the first one was uh, <laughs> was about Animal Crossing, and that's a Switch game. Yeah. And I don't have that system. Do you have that system? I do, but from what I've heard about Animal Crossing, it is 
not my thing because it's mostly just about waiting. Right. It's a, it's of more of a it's more like um I think like it's a mobile game. Yeah, well I think it's 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 like a dollhouse kind of thing where you can create a world and yeah, then you kinda. can do and, and you can and you can collect things and it's like a social it's like the social media of, of video games. So, yeah, except the Nintendo online service can barely handle that as people go into your town. <laughs> Shoot. I did not yeah. know that because I, I, we have a PS4 and um, we just got rid of the other systems um, because Andy hasn't made platform oh. games. He's been mostly making mobile games and, uh, and iPad games before that and Facebook Wait. games before that. But you had a PS2 and PS3 and you just got rid of them? Yes, yes. No, we, I those, know. those consoles had the best games. I know, he was He was slightly, he was like, ah, I gotta let it, I was like, they're gathering dust, we're not doing anything with them. So I got him a PS4, and he's like, okay, and we got rid of an Xbox and a Wii, and um, and the PS3, the PS2 he had gotten rid of, actually it broke. The PS2 uh, had broke. Yeah, I eventually went through about, all right. <laughs> At yeah. this point, I only have my third PS2. I have the PS2 Slims, but the first two just broke. Oh, yeah. But yeah. luckily, Sometimes they, yeah. we were a little bit more flush with cash at the point where we could get those. But nowadays, if that broke, there'd be no way I could get another one back. Right. See if you could find an incredibly cheap version of Stretch Panic. If you, if you pay less than five bucks for it, it's hilarious. There's absolutely no reason not to get it for five dollars and, and, okay. and look at it and see how freaking weird it is. Because it is a very Japanese kind of like, what are you? Oh, you think it's funny? You're like, you're right. You're not wrong. This is weird and funny. And it was pretty weird and funny. So uh, you might like it a lot. But uh, yeah. And um, but you don't play any of the uh, uh, sort of MMO or over the web. I I have been playing some more online games recently. Uh, Like after I kind of got burnt out of a lot of the PlayStation games as they kind of lost quality over a while. Yeah, there was, a uh, trouble. I, I, there was a dip, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah, and so I eventually got into, uh, this is around middle school, I got into Overwatch, because I could play with my friends, and it seemed pretty uh, stylish. Yeah. And then that, that community kind of got toxic real quick, and the developers were a bit... We had to shut game. it down, right, didn't they? Uh, did they? Uh, no? I, no, they I, didn't. I, seriously, I thought they I did. I seriously haven't heard about Overwatch. But, okay. Uh, so, since then, I... or. After that point, I was like, well, I kind of still want the same experience, but I don't know, I just want something a bit more stable or a more thriving community. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out, yeah, Overwatch is basically just a copy of Team Fortress 2, so I went back to that, and it is perfect to this day. Like Team Valve Fortress 2? Yeah, Valve doesn't update it anymore, aside from some cosmetics, but the community is strong, and it's just ridiculous, and I love it. Like, it's the main uh, online first-person shooter that I play. Okay. Yeah. The only uh, I tr- I had to play. I got h- hired to play Apex Legends. Oh yeah, I tried that as well. It was- yeah. It turns out, okay. uh, uh, I had literally. It sounded like a seven-year-old girl going, "Where are you going?" Because uh, I was running in the wrong direction. But uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to play. And so I, you know, I it took a second, and then I got bad at it but i could do the things that i was to do you know i wasn't ever good at it but um and then i ended up uh i did the show that i had to play the game for and then i stopped playing it but i did because the the company had sent me a laptop a gaming laptop and i was like can i keep this and they said no no you can't (laughs) can we send that back to us it's a six thousand dollar setup and i was like all right, all right and so i did i sent it back but i don't know if all the comics sent it back there were two other comedians and i think i uh there was some talk of them keeping it and i was like well how do you keep it and they go well, you just don't respond and i was like that's that's very sly cooper of you that's very that's a that's stealing you big creep the, the secret ingredient is crime <laughs> exactly well thank you so much for doing the show Xander this was super thank, fun thank you, thank you very much for having me on the show this is seriously this... plug and play man uh, like literally yeah. for 40 minutes you're just talking about 
You got me going on a topic I really like. That was awesome. So everyone should know that I'm talking to Xander uh, Quation, and he has a show called The What's Update, and it's at The What's Update. And uh, this has been a delight. Thank you so much for being on the show. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, (laughs) my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?